you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. My name is Brandon Elliott, and today we have an amazing guest, uh, Mr. Brock Vandenberg. What's up, man? How are you? Well, Brandon, thank you for, uh, for having me on today. Of course. I appreciate it. So, um, so you are more on the lending side for you know, hard money and um, you know, transactions as well, but you actually have a history in the past for for doing um, some things on the East Coast as well as, mm-hmm. um, you know, some properties over here for buy and holds, correct? Yeah, so I specialize, Telemar Financial specializes in financing fix and flips, construction loans and bridge loans here in California. Uh, but, you know, being involved in the real estate marketplace, I've been, uh, been a part of other types of transactions. Uh, flipped one or two homes myself. Um, also been involved in buying non-distressed uh, mortgage debt. Uh, and then owning a portfolio of rental properties on the East Coast. Okay, cool. Yeah, would you mind um, going a little bit more into detail about um, you know your business practice in general? Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, Talamar Financial, we're what's called a hard money lender, and we specialize in financing fix and flips, in construction loans, and then short-term bridge loans. So the majority of our business right now are what we call fix and flip loans, where the intention of the, our borrower is to acquire a property to renovate it uh, and then list it for sale. Uh, once that property is sold, obviously those proceeds go to pay us back our loan. Uh, we also do ground up construction loans um, and then also what we call bridge loans. And, and bridge loans are short term, usually 12 months to 36 months uh, loans in which either a borrower is refinancing a property they own, but they can't get bank financing. So they come to a hard money loan or a short term loan, mm-hmm. typically either to um, improve their credit uh, maybe they need funds to improve the property, um, to do something in which they can then go and become more attractive to a conventional lender and repay us back. Okay. Or a bridge loan is used by somebody buying real estate, uh, both residential and commercial, um, just to acquire the property. And then once they've either seasoned the property or, or, or you know, brought it up to certain conditions, they can typically take us out, re- refinance us out with conventional lending. Okay. For those who don't know out there, um could you explain a little bit about like what uh, a bridge loan is more into detail? Yeah. So like, as I mentioned, the, what the bridge loan really does is it's, it's a short term loan uh, for whatever reason is either the borrower has poor credit, uh, the borrower, or the, the, the property they own are going to purchase um, isn't something that's attractive to a conventional lender. So we'll go in, we'll provide the financing for them. Um, and then they'll do whatever they need again to repair their credit, update the property, to go ahead and get convent longer term conventional financing. So we meet that short term goal uh, or requirement for that borrower. Okay. And what type of, I mean, can any random person just come to you with a deal and, um, you know, somebody that you would work with or yeah. have certain guidelines? Yeah, so we work with uh, all types of borrowers, from people that have never flipped a house before for the, from the, for the first flip to people that are seasoned real estate investors, where they 
maybe do 10 deals a, a year. Um, it doesn't really matter. As a hard money lender, we're looking at the asset as our collateral. And so, we, you know, at, being that the asset is our collateral, um, we're not so concerned about the experience of the borrower or the borrower credit history, um, but, but rather the real estate asset themselves. If the borrower is unable to make the payment, uh, we can typically work something out in which the borrower sells the property and then repays our loan back. Okay, cool. So how long have you been with this company? So I started the company back in uh, 2007. So right as the housing market was collapsing, oh, wow. um, there was a huge demand for capital for people yeah. to buy these REOs, these um, real estate owned properties from the banks. And so one thing I had done is I had, uh, um, I had some, uh, some financing on some rental properties that I had owned, equity lines of credit that I could draw from and lend it out. Um, and then it really kind of took off here in San Diego, um, grew my business, and then I brought in outside investors and, and built a, um, a real estate hard money lending company that uh, is one of the largest here in San Diego. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. I love it. So how does that work? Like if somebody wanted to, um, to be one of your investors and actually mm -hmm. participate with you, um, you and your team screens the the deals that are coming in and then mm -hmm. the, you know you have a pool full of investors that um that i'm sure you do screening with as well yes when they come in to make yeah. sure they are, are a good fit for your company so we're, we're kind of what's called a hybrid hard money lender so um every transaction we fund so our job is to go out and originate uh locate uh lending opportunities underwrite them uh, and then you know, ensure that they, may, they meet our specific criteria for, for a good loan. And then we actually directly fund uh, that loan on behalf of the borrower. And the reason why that's important is typically borrowers come to us, especially on fix and flip loans, and need to close within three to five business days. Yeah. So we're special, we're, we, we specialize in, in getting the loan approved and, and funded within that short period of time. That's, mm -hmm. what our, that's what our borrower expects from us. Um, and then on the back end, we have investors that actually invest in the loans uh, that we originate as what we call trust deed investors. So they can actually own a portion or the full interest of that loan. And then we manage that loan on behalf of that investor through the whole life cycle of the loan. So the bar, from the borrower's perspective, they never see that. They, you know, it's not really their concern. Their big concern is, hey, can Telemark Financial Fund quick enough and it can yeah. provide a loan that is best structured uh, for what we need. Okay. And when it comes down to structuring, um, I know you and I were talking about it a little bit ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, I, I guess competitors out there, everybody has, mm -hmm. you know, very similar numbers. Um, but, yeah. but what is more important um, that you brought up and that I, I truly agree upon is, you know, the, the relationship built. Um, because when you have that that good, strong relationship built with, uh, with whoever you're working with and doing business with, you can mm -hmm. get those deals closed a lot quicker and, and that trust um, level is definitely there. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, a lot of our borrowers are repeat borrowers. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of our borrowers have done 10, 15, 20 loans with us and, and they feel comfortable um, with the way we operate. They feel comfortable that if they can go out and locate a, uh, a, a new flip opportunity, that they know they can call me up directly they can get quick terms um, and assuming that the structure works for them, that we can close within that three to five business days. You need to have a good relationship with a hard money lender to be, um, you know, 
to be really competitive, especially here in the California market, to locate these opportunities, you have to know that your financing is in place the day that that, that property is under con goes under contract. Uh, and so that's what we try to do. We try to establish that good relationship. We try to understand what the borrower needs long term. Uh, but then also, you know, we're so well networked in the Southern California uh, real estate market and brokers and whatnot that, you know, if a deal doesn't work for one of my borrowers, I know it's going to work out for someone, so another borrower of mine. So I can typically marry those two together and make sure the transaction gets closed. Okay. Now, when it comes down to a, a certain deal, um, do you have the the um, the private money that you're getting from other people? Is it mm -hmm. just within a whole pool? And everybody's getting a percentage of return on their mm -hmm. on their money, or do you actually pair up the investor and the like? Are you the middleman for the transaction? Yeah, so, so good question. So as I had mentioned, that all our transactions we typically fund our our funds day one, yeah. and then we bring in uh, typically one or two outside investors uh, from I mean definitely a pool of investors that we have, but for the right investor to invest in that what we call trustee. Okay. And then we manage that trustee on behalf of the lender. We call them the, the lender slash investor um, through the whole life cycle of that loan. So any questions they have, um, if there's any uh, issue with the loan, missed payments and whatnot, we're that point of contact and we resolve that issue for that, uh, for that lender slash investor. Okay. And what kind of guarantees do you have for your investors? So trustee investing is a very risky investment yeah. and it definitely is something that um, you should understand what getting into it, um, especially on what we do on fix and flip loans. Um, and so, you know, when, when we do look at investors is number one, we want to understand what's their financial condition. Um, can they take losses? Uh, with trusting investing, uh, like any mortgage, the borrower can stop making payments. We want to make sure that that investor, um, uh, can, you know, does, isn't living off those monthly distributions. So, um, you know, can they be outstanding if the, the, the borrower stops making payments? Um, and typical foreclosure process here in California takes about five to six months, assuming the borrower doesn't fight it. So, um, yeah. that, that, that lender slash investor, can they not, accept, not receive any payments for six months and still lead a, you know, a comfortable life? So the investor needs to really be a high net worth individual. Um, have significant savings put aside should these trust should a trustee or, or various trustees go bad okay yeah and definitely understand that whole process of you know god forbid if if it doesn't turn out in favor you know these are um some possibilities yeah yeah and like i said it's and we have that conversation it's a, it's a very risky investment yeah. um you know anytime you're earning yields between eight to eleven percent on money expect to take some risk yeah of course so um if you don't mind me asking since you guys started you said uh 2007 mm -hmm. okay um since then how many transactions have you guys been a part of so we've funded, uh, I'd say, you know, looking over the last four years, about $100 million in total loans. Um, and so that equates to about 400, a little over 400 transactions that we've been a part of. So um, as a first trustee lien holder, uh, that's 400 flips that we've been involved with, primarily here in Southern California, okay. so I say San Diego, Orange County, Los Angeles, Riverside, and, and San Bernardino. Okay. Congratulations. That's awesome. I appreciate it. I, uh, it's, it's, it's really been a, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. Um, you know, we've really spent, had the opportunity to see real estate investors make a lot of money on this run. 
um, and been a part of it. And um, you know, hopefully we're kind of the go-to, not just hard money lender, but but you know, person that that our lender, our borrowers would go to to you know, ask questions to help them build their businesses and give them kind of best practices getting into this business. Of course, yeah, I love that. Um, as far as you know, out of all those transactions that that you guys have been a part mm -hmm. of. Has there been, I mean, I'm sure there has uh, been a couple people that actually fell through. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we, we walk into every transaction, um, you know, obviously number one, you walk into every transaction assuming the worst. What if this bought, when we fund this loan, what if the borrower can't fund the rent or can't complete the renovation? That typically is the biggest risk on a, on a fix and flip loan is making sure that the borrower is positioned to succeed at least to get the renovations done. When we first started the business, um, most of the, or all of the renovations were just simply carpet and paint. Yep. Put in new carpet, put in new paint, clean it up, get it on the market. In 30 days, yep. uh, that house was back on the market. Uh, but now it's it's a different industry. Now um, most of it's a true value add. So uh, most of most of the loans that we're funding, either the borrowers are putting an addition on the property, um, is either doing some serious renovations to the interior of the property, modifying where walls are going. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure that the borrower is best positioned to be able to complete those renovations. Um, and so, yes, I mean, some transactions needed a little more uh, assistance and in, in, sitting down and working with the borrower who, let's say, falls short. Uh, a contractor walks out on them. Um, they were told, they were uh, promised the price of the renovation was going to be X, but it ended up being substantially more. And trying to figure out a solution that number one um, make sure that the renovations get done number two protects my loan and number three gets that borrower to the finish line and, and get that project sold mm. uh, you know one of the biggest mistakes that, that borrowers make especially when a project goes bad is not to call back the hard money lender you know we're not here to we're here to help you i mean we're in we're on the same boat typically a sinking boat yes. and so you know work with us uh typically we have solutions uh in order to get that project done and on the market so you know one of the biggest like i said one of the biggest mistakes and one of the you know uh issues that we have um and take a, a lot of our time is that borrower that just stops calling us back um and we'll let that project fester yeah unfortunately you know I, i've heard of the same situation out there um some people when when, when the problems start occurring, it's it's easier to run away from them because they're either humiliated or don't know how to come up with the the solution to themselves um, mm -hmm. solution. So instead of networking and reaching out to the to the lender like yourself, mm -hmm. sometimes they run. Unfortunately, um, so what do you do in those type of situations? You know, like how many? You know, it's funny. It doesn't it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and when it does happen and, and the borrowers come up to us early in the issues, we most likely will have a resolution for it. We'll get that project back on track. Yes. Um, you know, in, in the rare occasion, I think we've had two or three occasions where the borrower just simply um, wasn't going to be able to or care to resolve the issue. We had to step in and, and fix the project or finish the project and, and get it back in the market and sold. Yourself? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's with real estate, there's so many different when one, you know, when a plan a doesn't go right. I, I love real estate because there's always plan B, C, D. There's so many different options in real estate yeah. to really come up with, um, mm -hmm. work your way around it. That's why I love networking with people and, and building those relationships because I feel like, um, 
my mind is only so much. So when you actually surround yourself with other people that have either been there and done it mm -hmm. or, um, or just a different mindset, you know, mm -hmm. can really. And I find there's plenty of people that want to help. I mean, maybe not financially, but I mean, they, they have ideas. Um, you know, I, we're uh, sponsors of the SDCIA, San Diego Creative Investor Association meeting uh, here in San Diego. They meet once a month in Mission Valley. Um, and there are plenty of people that are both uh, uh, seasoned and novice investors. And it's a great networking opportunity for those novice real estate investors to just pick the brains of these guys that have been doing it for years, much longer than I have on how they were successful um, and what kind of mistakes they made. So I suggest if you're, if you're a novice, just go down and start networking at some of these other events. I mean, uh, we have one also up in Northern San Diego or North San Diego called NSDREI. We're also a sponsor there at that event. And it's a, these are just two great networking events where, again, someone who's trying to get started in the market can go and interact with seasoned investors, can they can sit down and listen to uh, successful transactions that have occurred from other investors and then learn from some of the speakers that are up there on those, uh, on those, on those events. Of course. Yeah. And if you aren't here in San Diego, you're anywhere nationwide. I mean, there, there is a real estate investors group somewhere near you. Absolutely. So you really just need to look it up, get out there network with those people and um, build those relationships to, it's a it's a great start, and typically they're not a lot of money to get involved with, and, you, and then you associate yourself with like-minded real estate investors, and, and and to be successful, you have to do that. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Um, well, besides, um, you know, the the hard money lending currently, mm -hmm. what other what other lending really quick, just what other lending options are there out there for you know new time investors? Um, or like investment options that yeah. people can take. So, or, you know, financing besides traditional through the bank. So, oh, you mean so? So there's obviously hard money lending options yeah. for there's people. Money. There's yeah, hard money is what, what I, you know, the, the differentiation between hard money and private money. I mean, it's pretty gray, but, you know, I always like to say hard money is more of a um, structured uh, company type lending where there's a, you know, a lender behind that private financing. I always kind of consider that as your, your uh, parents or, or friends and family mm -hmm. uh, type financing where the person may be not as sophisticated, um, maybe willing to take a bit or a larger chance on you, uh, mm -hmm. but may not have as much capital available for them to lend on your project. Um, you know, those in, in, you know, that private financing, again, can come friends, family. Um, you can meet people at these, uh, your local real estate investor uh, meetings that are more than happy to, to work with you and provide financing. Um, you know, one of the, I think, misconceptions in real estate investing is it's hard to find the money. And I, and I tell people that that really isn't the case. There's plenty of capital out there for your transaction. It's finding the right deal. That's right. um, you know, and, and if you have the right deal and it, it makes sense, you will always find money. Um, and it's kind of a fun process. Uh, what I call dialing for dollars is, is when you have a deal under your belt, you, you're ready to go with it and you're locating the money is you start talking to, to, to your friends, to your family, you go down to your local real estate networking event and just tell people about the deal you've got. And it's crazy how capital will come uh, very quickly and you really have an opportunity to get, engage other investors at different levels because now you've got a deal and people are listening to you and they want to hear more about it. This might not be the right deal for them, but they may tell you, Hey, we we're looking to fund these type of transactions. So mm -hmm. now, you know, okay, well, if I find that type of transaction, I can go to that investor and get it financed. So it's, it's really a, 
a fun evolution of number one, getting involved in real estate investing, and then number two, locating your first deal, and then really finding the money for that deal. It's, it's a fun evolution. Yeah, it, it's definitely just like a magnet. Um, you know, mm -hmm. once you find that deal, then then the money is always there. As long as you, yeah. you know network and you really get out there to yeah. let know you got the right deal. And it obviously has to be a good deal. I, I think if you know if you don't have a good deal, you're not going to find any money for it. Of course, yeah. So let's talk about some deals. Um, you know the the projects that you worked on in the past for your mm -hmm. own personal investments. Um, any in particular that you, you would want to share about or we could go over the numbers? Yeah, you know, before, when I first started investing or uh, focused on doing hard money, um, I would also partner with um, people that flipped houses as well very early on in the process. And a lot of carpet paint jobs, you buy the house, get it back on the market in 30 days. And, you know, I don't think much of those type of transactions are there anymore. Most of that stuff was bought up at the courthouse steps. When, when I was involved with that um, um, or bank owned properties, definitely still opportunity out there, but here in Southern California, you don't see much of that. Um, and, you know, and, and that was fun. Now I had to kind of take a step back from that. I wanted to focus on growing my hard money lending business. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I did. Uh, but I still interact and, and work with a lot of those investors that I worked on, worked with early on. Um, I've also been involved in buying non-performing uh, note, uh, we bought a couple portfolios and it just happened that they were in, in and around the Birmingham, <coughs> excuse me, Birmingham, Alabama market. Okay. And again, that was a, that was an interesting uh, investment. We bought a portfolio of non-performing notes. Um, they were all uh, non-owner. I'm sorry, that the, the owner had vacated the premises. And so when we purchased it. Uh, we built a team that went to each one of the houses. We had about 35 houses. Uh, assess the damage to the house, which most of the houses were, there was heavy damage. And this then our intent, I'm sorry? This is all single families? These were all single family houses, yeah. yeah. And all C locations. I mean, there were, there were some tough, tough neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, and so we went in um, individually and, and updated the houses and then brought tenants in um, and then sold those homes off, actually into a portfolio, sold the portfolio off. Uh, but it was two, two years of very hard work. Uh, number one, updating those properties and then getting them, marrying them with the right tenants and then stabilizing the full portfolio of houses and then, and then selling them off. Okay. It is not for the faint of hearts. Uh, I will tell you that it takes a lot of time and, and we'll, uh, you'll lose some hair doing it. Yeah. You had to build up an actual team to be able to pull this off. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we had number one, you know, we just, just to locate the problem, we bought that portfolio. We did our best to locate each one of the properties and get into them, but you just didn't have time, um, to do that also. So we did that. Number one, we found a kind of a, a you know, college, uh, uh, kid that went in located or went to every one of the properties and then really just secured them. Uh, and then we got a construction team together that went to, again, to each property individually assess the damage gave us budgets to renovate it, re renovated them. And then we worked with a property, a couple of property management companies out there to, to get them leased up. Yeah. Okay. You mind going into the, um, the, the back or the beginning of it to, you know, how did you actually get this portfolio? Did you, it was a certain bank that you worked with or how did you, you know, this one just fell in my lap. I was networking at one of the local real estate investor meetings and uh, I had another investor that was doing this at a kind of a, at a smaller scale and said, Hey, we, we could do this. And, um, 
you know, and so we bought the portfolio um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things like when you buy a boat, the best day of the buying a boat is when you buy it and the day you sell it. And uh, yeah, it was, like I said, it was a great experience, uh, you know, buying and understanding the whole process um, uh, of not building up a portfolio of single family houses. But uh, like I said, it was, it was a lot of work and, you know, and again, it's not for the faint of heart. If, if you're not involved and you're not in the area to manage the renovations, much less the leasing and the tenants, um, being an out-of-state investor, I mean, it's, it's hard uh, because you've just got to find the right person uh, that you can work with that is uh, going to be able to do the work as you, as you expect it to be done and on time. Yeah. Um, and that was probably some of the biggest hurdles is just finding that right person. So the contractor team, the, the tenant or the uh, leasing uh, company to, to lease out the properties. It was, you went through a lot of groups to just find the right person. Oh yeah. Um, and then the other issue being is that they were all located in C locations. So you had a lot of theft going on uh, that we had to deal with. Uh, we, I can't tell you how many air conditioning units I had to replace. Really? Um, but yeah, yeah. But like I said, it was a great learning experience. I mean, we, we made money, um, but but uh, but yeah, it was a lot of hair loss on that on yeah. that transaction. So you know, what I enjoy is I you know I enjoy the hard money lending business. Um, yeah. You know, it's again, it's hard work, but um, you know, I leave all the construction work and all the construction management work up to my borrowers. They specialize in it, and I just focus on making sure that I have the capital available uh, to when they need the money. Okay. So with that portfolio, what did you end up buying it at? Like how, how much uh, cents per, per the dollar? Oh, you know, uh, so I, uh, if you look at unpaid balance or, or let's say, yeah, unpaid balance, it was probably about 10 cents to the dollar back then. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how it is now, but, but what you fail to recognize is that the property taxes are outstanding. I mean, the property tax payments were more than the actual, cost to for me to, to buy up the, the notes mm. um, and then you've had to foreclose on the properties uh, which wasn't actually all that difficult in Alabama I think it took us 60 days from start to finish probably really? even less wow. yeah you, you know what you really tried to do was reach out to the borrower or to the to the prior owner who, who didn't want the property they weren't living there anymore mm. and see if they would just be willing to, to hand the keys over but yeah. if you couldn't find the borrower or the owner the original owner you would just go through the foreclosure action uh, less than 60 days, you own that property. Uh, and then at that point you could start the renovations of the property. Yeah, that's definitely a, a landlord friendly or owner friendly, um, yeah. type of state. Um, yeah. so I, have definitely had similar struggles, but I, I didn't have it on the scale that you did with, with so many single families. That's a, it's a lot. Um, but my very first one, I ended up, it, it was a, about a two month project that got in, it, it, got pushed back about a little over a year with five different contractors. Oh no. Yeah. A bunch of chaos. So you definitely need somebody that you can trust, uh, yep. on ground that, you know, they're not going to pull any, anything over you because you're long distance or mm -hmm. whatever the situation is. And that's where contracts, I mean, just written agreements are so important is so that everybody understands kind of what, what we're all trying to accomplish here. If it's either a budget, a timeline, um, you know, something just written down where you can go, you know what, we, when we first started this project, we agreed to X, Y, and Z. Here's the signed agreement. Uh, can you fulfill your, you know, your obligation or not? And if you can't, then we'll, let's just move on and, and we'll, 
you know, cut the cord, but you know, that it's important to have those written agreements in place. So you understand what was the expectation level. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, cool. Now, as far as you, you brought it up a few times, a couple minutes ago, um, the C class, mm -hmm. Can you explain to anybody out there that might not totally understand the, the differences, of yeah. A, B, C, so obviously, you know, when you look talk about ABC uh, property property types, is A being the best, and so it's a good location. Uh, the property is in good condition. Um, you know, you you've got the best property uh, in that area. B is again moderate, uh, moderate location, uh, moderate condition, and then C uh, and below, uh, you're starting to get into bad areas in in bad condition. Um, you know, we were able to bring that property, even though it was in C location, maybe up to you know B. A minus uh, status. Oh, really? Uh, but you're just not gonna. You know, there's nothing you can do about the location of the properties. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of it goes hand in hand with the property type and then the location of the area as well. You can both label it as. Yep. You know. And you don't want to over improve. So if you've got a C class property, you're not going to want to over improve it to an you know A class uh, you know uh, renovation. Um, you know, take in mind, um, what type of tenant class that you're going to have in there. What are their expectation levels for the property? Mm -hmm. Uh, make sure that it's safe. Um, and so, uh, and bring it up to obviously uh, city standards. Um, and so that that's important because especially with C properties, it's really easy to, to, to not do the appropriate renovations and you find yourself in this cycle of losing tenant after tenant after tenant, uh, which actually goes into another whole point of selecting your tenants. But um, if you maintain and provide a nice property for, for somebody, they typically will, stand, will stay there longer. Uh, versus what we found is that early on, we had a lot of tenant turnover, you know, every six to nine, you know, months to year. Uh, you get a turnover and the cost associated not only just cleaning the property back up, getting it back on the market of the lost revenue was 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 big. So we we kind of adjusted our thinking and and started updating the properties a little better, making sure that we selected the right tenants. We wanted long term tenants, and and that's how we were able to better stabilize the asset. Okay. Now, would you would you say uh, there is like a D type of neighborhood or uh, class? I guess. Well, I, yeah, I mean, definitely, you could get a lot worse, but I, I don't know if I would be walking around in those neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, it's, again, it's, it's, if, if you're a novice uh, getting into the market or getting into real estate investing and you do decide, okay, I'm going to go out of state, you know, uh, obviously target some of the better markets. I mean, it doesn't have to be A markets, but I would stay away from the C markets. I think it's really easy to say, okay, well, you know, you're buying a property at such a low price um, and we're guaranteed income of, you know, 600 to $700 a month. Well, we, the other thing we found is that uh, the weather beat up the houses so badly that, you know, the, the, the constant update or upgrades of the property would, would blow out any, any, any income that we would have. And so you want to look for um, properties that, that have at least higher rents. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe paying a little more for the property, but uh, at least to cover the monthly maintenance of that property. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So, um, how did, let me just ask you as well. How did you come up with the name, um, Tallymar? Tallymar Financial. Yeah. How did you come up with um, no, you know, it was, it's, it's a name that uh, no other hard money lender had. Um, you know, you start to see a consistent name <laughs> with, uh, with hard money lenders. So that we thought we would, uh, 
uh, we go a little different route. We could get the website. So, um, uh, you know, Mar being close to the, to the beach, we're close to the beach. So, uh, hey, we, we went with it. And uh, hopefully people will remember it and they will give us a call. I think so. I like it. <laughs> when when all, the, all the stars align, it just makes sense. <laughs> okay. okay, cool. So what other, um, you know, besides building up your business right now for the lending side, um, what else are, are you working on? Anything else crazy? You know, I think that, the, you know, again, the hard money lending is what, what my uh, bread and butter is. It's what I focus daily, try to grow my business, become a, you know, a better resource to my, to my uh, borrowers and, you know, and, and be there when my borrowers need us to close on these transactions. Um, you know, the other thing that I do do is I do aggregate um, uh, rental properties here in the Southern California market um, on a couple of properties here in San Diego and then one up in the Bay Area. Um, and primarily just from homes that I have lived in at one point and then uh, moved out and bought another home and just kept it as a rental. And it, you know, uh, it's even though the, the, you know, if you look at cap rates, uh, the cap rates aren't, you know, the greatest on these investments. Um, you've looked at uh, home value appreciation in California and it's, it's been, it's been pretty good. Yeah. So um, especially the Bay area properties. So, um, you know, that's something that I continue to look at, um, continue to, uh, to take one property and, and move it into a, a bigger property. And, um, you know, and at some point, you know, right now I'm just looking for more capital appreciation than I am rental revenue, rental income. Okay. Uh, but that will shift as I, as I, um, you know, look to retire, I'll probably want more rental income and, and adjust that portfolio uh, accordingly. Okay. So the, the properties that you do have right now, are they cash flowing or are you just, you're, you're holding on to it for the, the appreciation? Yeah. A couple of them are just fully paid off um, oh, okay. and they, and they work well because I have, you know, we, I can draw lines of credit from them. Um, and if I choose to, you know, want to make a loan um, and that uh, I can draw from a property and make a, you know, good collateral loan using it. Using yeah. it. Um, and so I can arbitrage the difference between what I pay on that line of credit to what, um, uh, to what my borrower is paying. Um, I don't do that very often anymore though. Um, just because I have enough investor capital. Yeah. Um, but it's just, like I said, it's just a, it's, you know, part of, if I look at my overall scope of my portfolio of what I'm invested in, uh, I want to be in portion of that invested in real estate. And I just feel like this is a, is a, is a great investment. Um, you know, the issue we're having here in, in Southern California again um, is that uh, you know they're just not building enough housing for the number of people that are moving uh, into the city into this marketplace, and so you just have this huge demand, this lack of supply, um, and so from a, like I said, from an equity or um, increase uh, viewpoint, um, I just think long term you're not going to go wrong. Yeah, of course. What do you what do you have? plans um for those eventually like 1031 yeah so so the idea is we'll we'll start 1031 and we've we've done a couple but 1031 exchanges into to you know multifamily. right now um we have a single fan what we have three two single family houses here in san diego uh and a property up in the bay area and we'll we'll um 1031 exchange those into larger you know larger properties cool that's awesome yeah so um I mean, is there, besides some of the learning curves that you had with uh, the Alabama mm -hmm. area, um, what, other, what other learning curves could you help educate um, any new person on here that, that is interested in getting into real estate? Well, I mean, there's a couple ways. I, I tell new people, new investors, there's a couple ways you can get involved. Um, I think long term, the way to become 
you know, generally successful is to buy an old strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that most people in Southern California would say that's nearly impossible just because, um, you know, the income, the, the property values are so high here and the income to, to property value isn't that great. Yeah. Um, if you want to, you know, if you're looking at just cash flow, um, you'd have to go to outside markets. A lot of people go to Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Florida, uh, and then some of the mid uh, states in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're involved in some transa- obviously in transactions in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you're looking for capital appreciation, um, I think San Diego or Southern California is a great market to do that. Um, you know, the other value, the other option here too. In, in, California is uh, value adds. I mean, obviously fix and flips, uh, but not really just truly. I buy a house, I rehab it, and I sell it, which which definitely is a very profitable business. But it's very hard. And if, if you're going to be successful at doing that, it's it's a full time job. Um, if you've got you know if you're doing three or four uh, fix and flips simultaneously, you're on the job site every single day at every one of those projects, and it's hard to hold down a, a secondary job. Which which for many people maybe that's what they're looking to do is get into it full you know, uh, full, full board. But um, the other option, and we've done this a little, is, is buying a property, but repositioning it. Maybe it's zoned Z, uh, uh, you know, it's a single family lot. Uh, it can be split. Um, and then I can sell off the individual lots. You know, we've been involved in that type of transaction. Um, or buying, a, you know, a, a duplex that is placed on a, you know, upzoned property where I can put four additional units or two or four additional units onto it and getting those plans approved and then selling it off to somebody who wants to build it. Um, I think those are really the opportunities right now. If you're looking at urban infill markets to look at where to to look at those opportunities, Um, they take a little longer, uh, but there's a real upside in being able to add additional units uh, to an existing property. There's a lot of value there. Of course. Yeah. Especially out here. There's a Mm -hmm. lot. And then, you know, when, like I said, newbies, someone who's new in the, in, in the industry, go and network. You never know who you're going to meet. It, it blows me away how many people, new people I meet at these real estate events, all the way from people that are new into the industry, um, you know, and I can act as a, uh, answer questions they have to people that have been, I mean, around for 50 plus years buying and selling real estate that you've never heard of that, you know, you never know what what kind of opportunity they may provide you or what kind of opportunity you can provide them. Uh, but you'll never know by never going to these real estate events. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great tip, you know, really getting out there, going to these events, uh, either, you know, I, I've heard of other people, um, at a state that, that complain that there's not uh, a real estate group in their area. Mm-hmm. And my advice to that is just, you know, create your own. Oh you know? Yeah. Like put it on meetup that you're you're getting a bunch of people together to talk about real estate. And I actually have a, a friend of mine um, that that did that up north in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to get some like-minded individuals around him to, to talk real estate. And it, it's turned into just over a year uh, having over 400 members. And that's a great story. Yeah, it's huge. And so it's just, it's super powerful. And, um, you know, a bunch of, uh, just connections, partnerships Mm -hmm. throughout that, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a great, that's a great idea because, um, you know, yeah, some of these cities, there may not be a strong real estate investment group and meetup. It's super easy to just post that right up there. It gets shot out to all the People that have an interest in real estate and, you know, again, you never know who you're going to meet. You can have it at a coffee shop, you know, um, or, or at a hotel, um, whatnot. And, and, 
yeah, it's a great opportunity to meet people. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it comes down to the philosophy of, you know, your network is your net worth. Mm -hmm. The more connections, the more people that you're surrounded yourself with, um, it, it, was, true. It, it will show it. So cool. Um, a personal question of mine. Um, do you know anybody crazy enough that would do owner financing? <laughs> Actually, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, um, yeah, I don't think it is as prevalent out here in, in California, but in the Midwest, it absolutely is. I mean, you gotta, you gotta find a reason why that person is doing owner financing. Number one, maybe they own a property that's kind of difficult to sell. Mm. Uh, maybe they're selling it a little over market value, but they're willing, you know, they recognize that you recognize that, but they're willing to carry a second or a third on it yeah. uh, to, to cover that. Um, maybe they have, they have some tax requirements that they don't want to, you know, that they have to get over uh, and they want to do, you know, carry a, you know, a seller, do a seller carry. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've probably seen here in uh, California, probably about, been involved about three or four seller carries where really? they, they, did a seller carry subordinate to our first on a flip? Yeah. Um, you know, in those cases where that's where the investor said, okay, you own this real estate asset, you want to sell it, but we can come in and partner with you and make it, you know, make it nicer. And so you oh, can yeah. get actually more profit from it. Yeah, extra, extra. And, um, you know, and then we'll share the profits on the, on the back end, however they structured it. Yeah. And, and that's where it's actually worked here in Southern California. Okay. Um, but you know, in the Midwest, actually, it's I think it's not that it's totally common, but I've heard more of it. It is, yeah. I'm looking to get myself out here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're willing to do seller care? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, post those post those properties. I know. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um. So when you're when you're not working and building up your business and real estate and networking and adding value like this, um, you know, what do you like doing? Well, I'm busy right now. I just had a newborn. Did you? Three months old. So yeah, we're we're excited that uh, we have two other children. So popped it up to three. Yeah. Um, uh, when I'm not when I'm not playing uh, with my with my kids, I'm out playing a lot of tennis. I do a lot of mountain biking. Okay. Um, and then being so close to the beach, we're we're down at the beach uh, all the time. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, you, you, um, but I'm kept busy with the hard money lending business and, and I enjoy it. It's so much fun to see people get, uh, or be, people become successful starting with their first flip all the way up to, you know, 20 or 30 flips and yes. you know, sharing the stories of, you know, remember our first flip together. Yes. Uh, there's a couple of guys here that I've been, like I said, been lending to for, um, uh, probably eight, nine years now. And, uh, now they're starting to post their very first flips. And I remember going into those homes and, and financing them and it's, 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 it's fun to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's super awesome, man. <laughs> cool. So how can we add, you know, give back value to you? Yeah. You know, I honestly, I just want to be a sounding board. I, I want to hear what you, what, you know, what new investors are looking for uh, and see what I can do to, to provide that from a financing standpoint. Um, you know, value, you know, I'm just enjoying networking. Please come if, if, if you're watching this and you're in the, in the SoCal marketplace, can come, please come to those real estate investor meetings. Yeah. Uh, we are crowd sponsors, Adam, so please come and talk to me. Yeah. Um, if you are not, in, you know, go, go to your local real estate investor conference. Uh, and if you need to, set one up yourselves. Trust me, it's, 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 you know, real estate is, is obviously a financial, you know, people are looking at it from a financial standpoint, but it's, it's also a, it's a lifestyle. Um, and I can't tell you how much fun it is involved, being involved in real estate. It's hard. I mean, 
Yes, yeah. you're, you're gonna you're gonna visit some of the lowest lows you've ever had getting involved in real estate, not thinking you can can go any further. But I don't know, something always happens where, you know, it's just just a you know a little something happened to get you to the next level, and you know it keeps you going, it keeps you yeah. going. So uh, I mean, we've all gone through it, you know, and and but it is a lifestyle, and it's a lot of fun, and and obviously you can make a lot of money if you're smart about what you're getting invested in. Um, and you also look at it as a long-term play. There, there's no get-rich-quick scheme in real estate. There just really isn't. No one can tell you that that's the case. Uh, it takes time. And we're talking years and years to master the skill and, and understand what you're comfortable in in real estate, what you're, what you're comfortable investing in, what you want to invest in, and then just doing it repetition over and over and over again. And I hear so many people about creating systems. I mean, it's important. Create efficiencies in what you do. Create that system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's important. Yeah, no, it, it's so true. And, um, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, cool, man. Well, I, I appreciate you more than you know, for, you know, taking out the time to actually do this it means a lot. Yeah, well, thank you for calling me up and, and having me on the show. I, um, uh, wish you the best of luck and you know, yeah. I'll see you at some of the local real estate events. Okay. That's right. That's right. So how can, um, anybody reach out to you and get a hold yeah. of you? So check us out on our website, uh, talamarfinancial.com. That's T as in Tom, A-L-I, M as in Mary, A-R, financial.com. Please check out the website. We're actually going to be rolling out a new website here in the next couple of months. Um, or feel free to give me a call um, if you have any questions about investing in real estate, uh, have any financing needs. Call me at uh, 858-613-0111, and I'm an extension one. Um, or you can email me. Uh, it's at B Vandenberg. So B is in boy, Vandenberg, and that's B E R G at talamarfinancial.com. Cool. Awesome. Well, that is great. I appreciate you so much. I, I really do. It means the world to me. Um, so very thankful for all the education and the time you just gave up. So yeah, thank you. Thank you guys all so much for joining. Uh, If you could please like this, share this, leave a review, get it out to other people that you know that are interested in real estate investing. I mean, the world to me. Um, Yeah, you can reach me. My name is Brandon Elliott once again. You can reach me at brandonelliottinvestments.com or my email at brandonelliottinvestments at gmail.com. Till next time, guys. It's been uh, another great interview with Mr. Brock. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right, till next time, guys. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.